John Cena and Rennie Harlan? All hail the bad movie gods. We watched 12 rounds. That was great. <laughs> hey, everyone, and welcome to the Flop House. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? It's a podcast where we watch some bad movies and then chat. Yeah, I'm we... Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen, don't you know? Elliot. Uh, what kind of an accent's that? That was my normal accent. Oh, no. I just put, don't you know, at the oh, end okay. of it. You weren't here for the last episode. No, he was. No, yeah, I was. I wasn't here for the one before Oh, that. yeah. There's a little bit of a break in between. I've, uh, it all runs together. <laughs> Yeah, I've stopped. You've caring. been drinking, I think. <laughs> I mean, I've stopped caring long ago. You've been drinking and eating too well, much. What did we beef. watch last time? Friday the Thirteenth. Oh right. Yeah. Oh, that was great. We've only been doing um, uh, movies with numbers in it, and we're counting down backwards. It's thirteen last week and twelve this week. Yeah. Wait, and before that, bride. We watch a movie with. <laughs> yeah, you know, twelve, thirteen, bride. <laughs> it's That's counting. The, so, uh, what did we watch this week? A movie called Twelve Rounds. Okay. Well. I imagine the listeners. Seven at home. pounds? No, twelve rounds. <laughs> Sorry, never mind then. There's seven pounds, the Batman villain who commits seven pound themed crimes. <laughs> yeah, this is a joke that uh, has ha- occurred entirely off mic <laughs> for the flop house. It's an inside joke. It's yeah. So now they feel like the people listening feel like they're inside on it, right? Yeah, they think we're pals off camera instead of uh, enemies, which enemies. we are, mm-hmm. yeah. or or frenemies maybe. Yeah. So, a lot of people, when I say, you know, I have to watch this fucking movie for this stupid podcast tonight, and they're like, oh, what are you watching? Like, all excited. I'm like, I don't know, something called 12 Rounds, and they're like, what's the fuck's that? So, I then have to explain it. So, I don't think, I mean, it, is, it wasn't like a really well-known movie. No, right? it, was, it was written up uh, on the Onions website, and that's the only other place I saw it, really. Yeah, that's the most uh, notoriety it's gotten. I remember seeing um, ads for it. When it was out, and basically I was like, "Is that villain Eric Bogosian?" Oh no, wait, it's Carcetti from The Wire, and okay. that was basically my entire, you know, knowing about. I've 12 had that rounds. with so many movies now. Yeah, you think Eric Bogosian's in so many movies? Yeah, and then it turns out to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. I think, for, list. I think for me it was uh, it was Kane. in the in the trailer. Uh, you know, they revealed that the hero is. Uh, WWE star John Cena, mm-hmm. who was the star of one of my favorite movies of all time. Of course, I'm talking about The Marine. <laughs> and then, and then I found out that this movie is directed by Rennie Harlan and director one of, your of the least profitable film in film history. Right? Which one's that? Cutthroat Island, I think it was. Oh no, kidding! I didn't yeah. know that. It, at one point, it was. It might not be anymore, but it cost them at the time, you know, like 180 million dollars, and and it made well, you, you know nothing. Elliot, if you want to get a Matthew Modine. You're going to be paying top dollar <laughs> for the Modine touch. Yeah. You know that when Pirates of the Caribbean came out, Rennie Harlan was like, ah, <laughs> now they understand. Mm-hmm. Now they get pirates. Yeah, he was just, he was too, too, uh, too ahead of his time. Yeah. Similar when he came out with Mind Hunters, the movie about mm-hmm. the FBI students who are being trained to hunt down serial killers, but one of them happens to be to a hunt serial minds. killer. Yeah. 
Oh, Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter. Oh, it was too. Mime Hunter. No. Or like a Mind Hunter, like they hunt yeah. down rogue mines. Well, it wasn't yeah, an like adaptation ro- of rogue, the rogue popular mines, yeah. uh, Microsoft uh, game, Mind Hunter. They didn't adapt that into a movie. Yeah. So the movie Free Cell. I thought it was Mine Hunter, the German film. <laughs> it means my hunter. <laughs> oh wow, that's a direct <laughs> translation. <huh>? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the help. The character's name was Hunter. Okay. So twelve <laughs> rounds. What's the fucking deal there, Dan? Well, WTFTD. <laughs> oh, WTFDTD. I'll oh, sum it up. Yeah, that's good. I'll sum it up quick style, and then you guys can fill in the gaps. Okay. Uh, you probably missed stuff. Yeah, basically... He kept getting up to serve corned beef to us, so... <laughs> yeah. And cake. And cake at one point. I'm uh-huh. a hell of a host. And you were, you were scrapbooking most of the time, if I recall. <laughs> yeah, there was... I was doing some decoupage. You had a lot of pulling out your rare stamps and, ah, 1943 Madagascar <laughs> butterfly. Look, uh... Misprint, if you notice. We're like, Dan, we're trying to watch 12 rounds. <laughs> Philately doesn't take care of itself. That's something you gotta keep up with. The plane is upside down. <laughs> Dan, Tom Cena is stopping a trolley car with, with another car. Come on. Uh, no, nope. Tom Cena? <laughs> yeah. That's I figure a, after watching 12 rounds, I deserve to call him that. Um, so basically, uh, John Cena plays... Oh, that's right. John, I thought his name was Tom for, Thomas for some reason. Whatever. It can be Tom Cena. No. So Tom Cena... <laughs> Famous weatherman, Tom Cena. Is, is the most muscular detective in the universe. <laughs> he, in this well, movie. he starts out as just a regular cop. Like a big yeah. cop. In New Orleans okay. or Nolens. The big easy. <laughs> yeah, where everything is easy. And, and big if you're John Cena. So, um, you know, Irish, uh, I guess. Arm, international arms dealer. Oh, was he? I thought. Yeah, he's yeah, an I, international arms dealer. Okay. Uh, Tommy Carcetti from The Wire. Here his name is... Uh, Miles Jackson. Miles Jackson. The classically Irish name, Miles Jackson. Uh, you know, he's he's doing his normal uh, super criminal stuff. Yep. Um, when he is thwarted by regular cop John Cena. Who, who chases his car down on foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in like these like uh, like Warrens, these like this very low <laughs> The rabbit down. Yeah, it was like Watership yeah. Down. And uh, and somehow, for some reason, they keep turning down side streets, and he keeps chasing them like he's jumping through alleyways. Uh-huh. And uh, you wouldn't expect a guy on foot to be able to sneak around and get ahead of them, but he does. Well, well as Elliot, then you don't know Tom Sana. Yeah. As Elliot pointed out, it was like a serious <laughs> version like of uh, that scene from Raising Arizona. Where Nicolas Cage is running through the house and almost get bit by the dog. And at one and point, it's like the scene in, in Evil Dead, where he's running through a deserted house. Mm-hmm. Or Evil Dead 2, I guess. But anyway, uh, John Santa thwarts uh, Carcetti's evil in, plan. But in the process... Miles Jackson's. In the process, Carcetti, Miles Jackson's beloved girlfriend mm-hmm. is uh, hit by a truck and killed mm-hmm. instantly. And so flash forward one year... Uh, this, this information is written on a billiard ball, which is then knocked out of frame because uh, Sena and his partner are playing billiards. Oh, I miss that. That's well, some like, Rennie Harlan style. It's like superimposed mm-hmm. on the ball. It's not really written on it. Wow. But then it's superimposed. No, on that would be great <laughs> if just Rennie Harlan wrote it on a ball with a Sharpie. <laughs> <laughs> One wow. year later. Yeah, one year later, what's going on? Is um, he is he a millionaire? Is he <laughs> is he some kind of a superhero? Running what's for the deal? President? Well, close. He's half man, half tiger. <laughs> he's, he's been promoted Curse from a gypsy. 
He's been promoted uh, along with his um, partner. His to Lothario full partner, who's always looking for ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can uh, you can tell that uh, Rennie Harlan wanted to get his favorite actor LL Cool J to play that part, but LL mm-hmm. was too busy being loved <laughs> by the ladies, so they got someone <laughs> who cool. was vaguely vaguely resembled him a little bit. Uh, uh, just because he was black, yeah. is that no, it? No, only in being black I and said having a mustache. Vaguely a little bit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Vaguely a little bit. What? In that if you were Thanks a racist. Quit, <laughs> quit trying to paint me as a racist through the medium of podcasts. <laughs> um so they uh, the his John Santa's girlfriend gets kidnapped by uh, Miles Jackson. Who's just broken out of prison, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently in retribution for um John Santa killing his girlfriend mm-hmm. uh so inadvertently john Santa's mm-hmm. character's name by the way is danny fisher they don't call him john Santa. it's well, not like they don't call him by his real name they might as well call him john that'd Santa. be pretty awesome though um you would get that in in old movies you'd have like uh gene autry or roy rogers be playing well, like there's a, a gene autry movie where he finds robots living underground but he's called i think he, his name is gene autry in the movie so you have to assume like i guess this is what his life is like when he's not making movies he's fighting robots but Miles Jackson keeps calling up John Cena, um, you know, Danny eight, Fisher, eighty-eight minutes style, to uh, <laughs> to uh, to badger him. Except he doesn't have a catchphrase. The eighty-eight minutes killer at least had TikTok Doc. Well, but his catchphrase is sort of the um, the whole uh, boxing metaphor that he sets up. Oh, that's uh, right. There's there's twelve rounds. The first round apparently is uh, him blowing up John Cena's house. The second round is him kidnapping his uh, girlfriend, and then. The rest of the rounds are him manipulating John Santa's character into going around doing a bunch of stuff. Also, sort of like uh, Die Hard 3, basically. Doesn't yeah. he also blow up a plumber in the first round? <laughs> yes, the plumber has come by to Kills fix the sink. Being, right? Collateral John, damage. John, uh, John Santa could Plumbers have, aren't real. We're told in an exposition that John Santa could have fixed the sink himself by replacing some piece of some part that yeah, was broken. Yeah, flange sprocket. Did, <laughs> this flange sprocket <laughs> was broken. He didn't get a diddlewad to fix it. Mm-hmm. And the plumber had to come and fix it. John Santa goes outside of his house because his car blows up, and then the house blows up, and uh, it's and it's briefly noted that the plumber was in there, and then they kind of forget about it. Yeah, I'm not going to go into all of the twelve rounds now because we can go into more detail later. We'll just skip to the end where inevitably it is discovered that the twelve rounds are again Die Hard three style a distraction from uh, the real plot, mm-hmm. which involves I don't know like diamonds You're or something. You're stealing a hundred million dollars in currency that was pulled from circulation mm-hmm. that is being held at the Bureau of Engraving in New Orleans. Okay, mm-hmm. and, and uh, this this twisted path leads us to an all out no holds barred grudge match in a, in a helicopter. helicopter because the Piloted girlfriend is a, a medevac helicopter yeah. res. I don't know helicopterics. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a transformer, right? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> it better be. It turns from a helicopter into a sexy lady, into a dinosaur, into an archaeopteryx. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So who will triumph in this helicopter battle? Will it be the villain or the hero? <laughs> will yeah. it be? Will it as 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 Stuart pointed out? I think will it be the tiny villain <laughs> with very thin arms, or will it be John Cena, who, as you pointed out, Dan, is a golem? <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, a fucking monster. <laughs> he is. He basically he, the only thing here. Combine Heath Ledger with a mountain, and that's the, John. The Cena. only thing that that compares to him are the scenes in John Rambo when Sylvester Stallone is just kind of like running through swamps and looks more animal than man, <laughs> uh, like some kind of a mud man. 
Like yes. some kind of like uh, some kind of Neanderthal has escaped into our time. <laughs> you have to you have to assume that at some point a gorilla was shaved, <laughs> somehow taught to speak English, and is now roaming the earth as a cop in New Orleans. Yeah. So, uh, which was your favorite of the twelve rounds? <laughs> way, to, uh, way to turn it on us, Dan. Yeah. Man, that's oh. going to be tough. Uh, I liked all of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cop out wow. answer. <laughs> Hey, hey, guys! Uh, I liked um, I liked when they were on the bus and the snipers were just going to indiscriminately shoot into the bus and kill. <laughs> well, what everybody. happened on the bus? Why were they on a bus? They're on a bus because uh, the bad guy wanted to talk to the good guy. He's right? got, he, but he strapped a bomb to Molly's chest, and if his thumb is off of a trigger for more than ten seconds, the bomb goes off in two ways. First, it drives a, a nail into her heart, and then second, so that, and then second, it sets off a bomb that blows up the whole bus. So John Santa will die with innocence, but he'll live to see Molly die first. Right yeah. before his eyes. Yeah, okay. Well, you've just explained what my question was going to be. Why Why it couldn't just be a one-stage bomb? I assume it's so that he could see his girlfriend die the same right. way that Mick Johnson did. Yeah. Mark. Dan jo- Jackson. Mark Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um, Bro Bissoff. So they're on the they're on this bus and they're talking about some Tom bullshit Bombadil. that I wasn't really paying attention to. They're asking whether they saw last night's house. Yep. And <laughs> there's uh, a lot I, I know he never said, but I assumed he would. We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> Two sides of the same coin. But... Seven pounds. <laughs> and so there wasn't a moment like okay, so they you know, they're having their chat, you know, they're talking about similarities, differences. Poetry. Uh maybe mm-hmm. I think they talk about his girlfriend a little bit, I don't remember. Yeah. And but the That's FBI, probably a Yates fan, you know, coming uh, from I Ireland. I have to assume so. Yeah. The the FBI has a shitload <laughs> of snipers uh, positioned on an overpass, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't have a clear shot." And you know, the good FBI agents are like, "Oh no, you can't do that. You're going to need one shot to take out the glass, and then the other one is going to take out the killer." Or whatever. Yeah, because they've got that reinforced bus glass. <laughs> yeah, and they're firing BBs. <laughs> <laughs> they're using Play-Doh bullets. <laughs> uh, so for a clean takedown, dude. So they, uh, and they're like, clearly we don't have a shot, but then, of course, the kind of The asshole FBI one. He's like, take the shot, take the shot. And then, of course, John Cena is forced to save the bad guy by being shot by a sniper rifle bullet, which slows him down for a couple minutes. (laughs) For about a second. (laughs) And then it's business as usual. I believe he even, with a uh, bullet wound in his right shoulder, manages to land a pretty devastating right hook on the uh, the evil... even on the FBI cranky agent FBI guys. agent. Yeah, what was the deal with like, okay, there's a there's a couple of problems with plausibility in 12 rounds. I would say it starts with moment one. Uh, <laughs> but one of the problems is the FBI, instead of being like, all right, we're not going to play this uh, this evil genius's game, is like, oh, okay, uh, this cop has been drawn into this deadly game of cat and mouse. We should offer him all the support we can. Yeah, he well, he, he operates with unlimited authority in the city of New Orleans. <laughs> the, the movie almost would have been better if he wasn't, instead of a cop, was like the crooked political boss of New Orleans and had to prove himself. So when he like commandeers a fire truck or does whatever the hell he wants, it'd be like, oh, that's boss, you know, that's boss uh, Cena. He can do whatever he wants in this thing. What period is this a, movie I was going to give him a crazy New Orleans name, but I couldn't think of one. What? In your mind, what time period is this film set? It's like fucking Moulin Rouge, man. Anytime period. Uh, like, okay. like Boss Redbone or... <laughs> boss Red. Yeah, exactly. Crawfish Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> but also these FBI agents who are offering unlimited support. There's one... They're both bald. 
Uh, so there's the white bald guy and the black bald guy. And the black bald guy has a little toy matchbox car, and he has a nervous tick where he's constantly flipping open the hood and then closing it back down again with his thumb. Mm-hmm. And it is possibly the dumbest character moment, or character like little bit of business that I've seen in a movie. But uh, they make the one uh, bald guy, the black bald guy, into a cranky uh, jerk for, who ha- who no, has, for no reason. Does not care about victims. Does not care about people. He is dedicated to catching. Uh, Miles Jansen, the, but, the the arms dealer. Yeah, uh, Mills Jorson. Well, but they, <laughs> but he doesn't seem to care how it happens. Doesn't care who dies in the process. He has no. It's and later on in the movie he says, "I realized this is about the people he hurt, the people he could hurt." And it's like you wait. Why were you trying to catch him if you didn't care if he, that he's hurt well, people? It's like the screenwriters of this movie. I assume that there are multiple screenwriters in this movie. To make, you know, a, to make an open rounds. It's like Shakespeare. You need people rewriting and right. writing the, fo- the folios well, over and over again. I assume <laughs> that they uh, had seen a bunch of um, action movies, so they were familiar with the archetypal characters that you encounter in an action film, but they came in 30 minutes late in every case <laughs> and didn't see the justification for those per- characters' personalities. So they had the FBI agent who was just obstructionist and a dick and didn't care about people. Uh, but they didn't give any reason for yeah. that. And, uh, and he just kind of disappears from the movie for a big chunk of it, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. During my favorite round, mm. when uh, John Cena is tricked into dialing a phone number, which sets off a bomb destroying the brakes of a tr- of a cable car. Oh, yeah. It's a good and round. they've got to stop it. Because it's going to run right into a children's carnival, which for some reason <laughs> is being set held up in the middle of the street. <laughs> in the middle of the street at the end of the trolley car track. And John Cena's brilliant plan is to race over to the trolley car as fast as he can. The people in the trolley seem to have no idea what's going on, that, any, that they're even in danger. And the, uh, Specifically, the conductor doesn't seem to really do anything. He just kind of fiddles with the brake and then he like, looks around like, should I tell somebody? No, he, I mean, like, he gets a little panicked. He's like, oh, wait a minute. This trolley appears to be going much faster than a trolley usually <laughs> that's travels. A, that's not an exaggeration of, <laughs> of his, his uh, the amount of his panic. Huh, this is faster than I usually go on this route. Mm, well. I, I must, normally stop at these well, Life is a highway. I'll just go with (laughs) it. I'll just ride it all night long. (laughs) But uh, so, their plan is to stop their car. Oh no, they they back the car up in front of the Mm -hmm. trolley and they try to use their brakes to stop the trolley. Sena shoots out. Sena shoots out the windshield. They got four wheel brakes on that thing. I have to assume they have to. They probably have like twenty wheel brakes. (laughs) But uh, he shoots out the windshield, climbs onto his car, jumps in through the windshield of the trolley car, and then he. This is his plan. Pulls the brake on the trolley car, <laughs> which doesn't work. So he gets on top of the trolley car, tries to destroy the power line, can't seem to do it. So they drive over to – he gets his car out from in front of the trolley yeah, he car. he climbs back into his own car. Climbs back into his own car. Failed. Says to the, to the bald, to the white uh, bald FBI agent, that didn't work. They Oh, there's the power transformer over there. Why don't we just ram the car into the, into the big generator mm-hmm. unit? So they I do. assume that that's that's you know powering the this specific trolley car. Yeah, just the one trolley car. So they do, which does nothing. That it knocks out power, and then the trolley car still like hits the carnival. I I don't want to I I don't want to pass over this too quickly because there's no lamb's the blood most, on it. The most amazing thing mm, in this whole sequence. Pass over, get uh-huh. it? Lamb's blood. Yeah. No, it's good. Read your Torah, people. <laughs> um, the most amazing thing in this whole sequence, and Elliot mentioned it, but I, I, I think it bears repeating. Uh, John Cena 
you know, goes to the trouble of climbing from his car into a, a, a runaway trolley car just to try and hit the brakes himself. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, the conductor is cre- clearly not adequately applying the brakes. I'm going to get into the trolley car, hit the brakes. And then he's like, well, that didn't work. I'm, I'm, I'm fresh out of ideas, <laughs> I'm out of guys. I, I, John Cena, saying I'm out of ideas on this one. When, like, I like to think that a couple of seconds of him being like, hey, FBI guy who I'm riding around in. Uh, in this car with, you know, <laughs> which like, is riding around to the FBI guy. I wish that when they got to the trouble, John Cena leaped out of the FBI guy's <laughs> mouth at the trolley car. So he's riding around in this car with this guy. If he had just simply said, "Okay, I got a plan. We're gonna try and slow down the trolley car with the brakes of our car, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna climb in there and try and pull the brake," and the guy could have been like, "No, you're a fucking idiot." Clearly, they would have already used the brakes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the man's the, a professional. He's a trolley car driver. Yeah. The, the thing that reminded me more of anything the was insult. the beginning of uh, <laughs> was the beginning of Ghostbusters when he's like, "Get her." That was your whole plan, Ray. Get her. Like it was basically that. But was, there it was played for laughs, whereas here it was played for. <laughs> this guy's a fucking badass. Yeah. he's gonna have to try. He's something America's else. greatest hero. <laughs> what happens when America's greatest hero goes up against Tommy Carcetti? <laughs> America's greatest explosions. mayor. <laughs> <laughs> explosions. That's what happens. It ends in an explosion. I'm not going to lie. Okay, so there's a bunch of rounds. There's some shit happens. At the end, there's some really awesome CGI. Yeah, mm-hmm. as we see, uh, Tommy Carcetti realized that he's being engulfed in flame at the end. <laughs> so his, eye, his eyes bug out for a second, <laughs> like, uh, like a Tex Avery cartoon. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, I the think that's a pretty of, accurate description. Uh, well, a little bit of an exaggeration, but the film I liked is it. your your average dumb uh, action film for most of its running time. But dumber, and then it has like a totally crazy <laughs> yeah. ending where like uh, John Cena is zapped with um, you know defibrillator defibrillator paddles. paddles and does the craziest face in the world. It was one step away from him going I I I I. And then, <laughs> and then his eyes going tilt, and you know, and then his big plan to escape the helicopter is to jump with his girlfriend into a rooftop pool, which which luckily happens to be there. We'll give them that. But they ju- they they, they drop jump what? in the zaniest way possible. It looks like they're like it looks like the beginning of like say a Bond credit <laughs> sequence where like like silhouettes are like dropping from the sky. Nude women. No, no, like you know what I'm talking possibly, about. Yeah. yeah, possibly nude women, but possibly if it's like a Bond, James Bond, if it's a Bond opening title sequence, there's as many nude. Women it's just nude women play. dropping I'm, out of the sky. I'm saying the level of special effects is basically the same. Oh yeah, in that like something is superimposed over <laughs> something else. They, well, they jump roughly what 300 feet, 200 mm-hmm. feet out of a helicopter into a pool. But it looks like they should be going like wee. <laughs> As they fall. And then at the end, they're walking. They're, there's money falling all around them because somehow he got the money on the helicopter that he stole from the Bureau of Engraving. I missed that part. Uh, and he, they are walking by, and uh, they pass by some people who are honeymooning there or whatever. And uh, he, she says, "We better get you. I better get you home." And he goes, "About the house." And then you hear, as we wide shot of the roof. Pull back, rock and roll music, credits, and it's just like, about the house. The plumber was murdered in our house. (laughs) We should make a donation in his name somewhere. Yeah, About the house, we don't have one and a man died. (laughs) Oh, and we didn't talk about Willie, the overweight uh, hotel security worker who dies in an elevator crash. You thought he was overweight? (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I thought he looked okay. He seemed to weigh roughly 350 pounds, if not But I mean, more. for his height. <laughs> his height, he was about, what, 5'7"? Come on. I'm just saying, I think you're being a little rough to the actor. <laughs> so, okay, this stout actor. Okay. What about it? What happened? Just, it was, they went to a lot of trouble to call him Willie and name him Will. Like, people called his name constantly. Yeah. In his very brief moments on the camera. Before well, Willie, he, everyone loves Willie Elliott. Yeah, that was the guy who uh, was in the elevator car that was going to fall. Yes. Who was going to, like, fall <coughs> in 60 seconds or something. They, like now, you guys were pointing out that um, the whole, you know, like, good guy team very credulously enters this elevator that they know for a fact the bad guy has had access to. Well, he, the, Willie says, <laughs> say, Willie has been seen on camera leading the villain somewhere. And he goes, oh, he told me it was the elevator repairman, that he was just coming by to do the repairs. And then and then they're like, well, let's get in the elevator and find out where he went to. <laughs> He's like, last I saw him, I left him entering this elevator. I'll see you later. He was carrying his bomb bag to the elevator. <laughs> he was asking me something about how much I weighed yeah. and whether or not I would die if I fell... He had two pairs rounds. of pliers, and he was like, <laughs> which one of these pliers do you think would be better for cutting an elevator cord? I said definitely that one. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit of an elevator expert, so I could help him out on that issue. And a cord-cutting expert. <laughs> so yeah, the, Umbilical elevator. I don't care. If it's a cord, I'll cut it. He's trapped on a. Uh, he's trapped on this elevator that's about to, uh, about to fall. And, Within seconds. And he like is making very little effort to actually get out of this elevator. <laughs> really? Well, this is the thing. They get to the top of the elevator. Tom Santa, John, Tom Santa, John Santa's hanging from a window frame, and he's saying, Willie, give me your hand. And Willie's literally lying on his side going... Uh, I can't do uh, it. I can't do it. So lazy. Yeah. <laughs> Such a lazy like, man. Well, yeah, Willie's can't just, a good life. Yeah, yeah. Just getting to the <laughs> roof is clearly not enough. Like, but also, he, he John Santa literally pulls this man up completely onto the roof. He can't. Willie can't do it. And Willie gets on the roof and collapses and goes, "Oh, I didn't think I could do it. You didn't do it. Yeah. John Santa did it for you. And you didn't even do it because you didn't make it all the way. Like that's." <laughs> It's like running part of the way and then just standing there while the uh, like the speeding car runs you over. And the only reason John Santa could do it is because he has the strength of, you know, Holy Scrolls being placed inside <laughs> his clay body. Yes. <laughs> because he's a mud man. <laughs> uh, this movie, as we sort of alluded to before... <laughs> it makes me want to see a movie where John Santa dis- defends the Jews of Prague. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like in the Marine. Yeah, is that what he does in the Marine? Yes. Okay. <laughs> In the Marine, they build him to save the, the Jewish ghetto of Prague. Against uh, Robert Patrick, who's slowly morphing into uh, Martin Sheen. Wow. Oh, I was What just, were we going to say about this movie? Dan? I was just going to say that this movie, uh, I think we sort of alluded to it before, but it's kind of it's like dumb. if aliens came and they saw some action movies and they just sort of merged them together. I mean, like, it's got a, you know, it's got a bit of Die Hard 3, it's got a bit of a... Speed in the sense that there's like you know like the speeding bus and um, his his partner dies very Jeff Daniels style in mm-hmm. speed what, what like a- tracking down another thing but also it's like the FBI agents as we stated before are very indulgent in a way that they would only be if they're like we've seen action movies before this clearly this out. is what's going on <laughs> but there are also there are also <laughs> things like uh, his partner gets caught in an ambush and right before he dies. He tells uh, the sidekick of or the henchman of the villain who is also about to die, like he just goes, "Bitch," and then explodes. <laughs> and later on, they're, uh, they're getting at Molly and and Sana are getting out of the helicopter and leaving Carcetti behind. And Molly goes, "Land it yourself, 
bitch. <laughs> and then it was like, that seems so gratuitous to have two people call a villain bitch. What? But also, like, a coincidence? Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know New Orleans culture. Maybe that, yeah, maybe that's just a common thing. Yeah. But for a movie maybe that's... goodbye. If you really want to shine somebody on, you're like, bitch, and then kill them. <laughs> But for a movie that's so, like, concerned with uh, action movie, like, tropes, though, like, they give John Cena, like, the most boring end of the movie thing. Like, yeah. wasn't, it, wasn't it just, like, you lose? Yeah, he does. Well, he says, fuck you at one point, And then later he says, you lose. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't even, like, knockout. You know? <laughs> TKO. <laughs> yeah. You're ready to take on the champ. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> Any more boxing metaphors? <laughs> Let's see. Uh, sweet science. Uh, sure. Squared circle. Hit the wrestling. canvas. <laughs> Throw know. in the towel. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. So that, cut my eye, Mickey. Yeah, because most of the, after he got boxing, crap thunder, rope dope. By those, uh, after he got shocked by those paddles, he basically just punched the bad guy a bunch of times. And then the bad guy just sat there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just laid well, down. He was punching him really hard. And this <laughs> yeah. is a tiny guy he's hitting. <laughs> this if you, this is clearly a professional. If, was, so bad. if this was not a movie, that man would be dead. <laughs> Those punches. His neck would snap. He'd be disfigured at the very least. <laughs> it's, like he's hitting, it's like the Sandman is hitting him with a giant battering arm ham. And, uh, or a ham. Or a ham. Battering arm ham. <laughs> That would be the least tasty ham. It tastes like sand. Yeah, wait, did, is it like a battering ram, or did he turn his hand into a giant anvil? Yeah, that could be it, too. Oh, why couldn't he have been metamorpho? That's what I wonder. Yeah. So, uh, so the ending, satisfying, Dan. What do you think? The ending of 12 rounds. Oh, well, here's, here's something I wanted to mention, is that he's a, world, he's a WWE star. The movie's sure. produced by the WWE. Yep. Why do they keep using boxing metaphors? Why are yeah. they not using wrestling metaphors? Twelve rounds could easily be a wrestling match, right? I, don't, I, don't I guess they don't remember. do it in rounds. I don't know really the same the story, way. Yeah. They just they they hit each other with chairs and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how it works. And, and so, they st- they staple gun five dollar bills to their foreheads. And, and sometimes they have heart attacks yeah. when they jump off the top turn. By the <laughs> oh. <laughs> sometimes it's sad. <sighs> So, anyway, and Marissa saying, Tomai. Marissa Tomai was ready to change his Marissa life. Marissa Tomai. Yeah. Tomei. Have you learned nothing from George Italian? Takei? It's Marissa Tomei. Like George Tomei? Takei. I don't know. Wow. Anyway, you were saying the end of the movie. Yeah, well, I was mainly just wondering if, if you guys feel that the oh, end, you were like, saying the end of the movie. The big thing about it, like a real judge of an action movie, like be it a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, a Steven Seagal movie. Oh, yeah, the top of the line. Yeah. The real... The real uh, like, Seagal? Yeah, yeah Seagal. The Peter Seagal <laughs> action movie. A, Steve, a Steven Seagal movie. The thing about movie. it is that like, you really want an awesome ending, like an ending that totally yeah. sums up the entire experience, whether it's the human experience, the movie experience, who knows? That's I felt. I was just thinking the other day, actually, out of nowhere, of the ending to like Casino Royale, which felt like a like such a perfect ending to me because mm-hmm. you see him the the villain drives up to his house and then he shoots him in the leg and then he says you know Bond James Bond and you get the music for the first time like that kind of ending where like it's real quick and there's a hit and then the music comes up and you're like whoa oh oh you got me you got, you got yeah, me exactly. action movie mm-hmm. like or it what? should end when you're mid like that. Or like in the end of Universal Soldier, where Jean Claude Van Damme runs uh, runs Dolph Lundgren through the uh, the threshing machine and bloody chunks come shooting out, <laughs> like that kind of an ending. And I think it happens in the rain. 
So or, you're saying that, like the, that's the A plus action movie, or ending. like the end yeah. of Tangle and Cash, where they high five and then that's the picture on the newspaper that says they're back. <laughs> Wait, who was the photographer there? Who took that photo? <laughs> somebody, somebody <laughs> took that picture. And that's very vague. That's the just saying they're back. Tangle and Cash are the most famous cops in America. People recognize their faces. You're forgetting there's a newspaper earlier in the movie that shows Ray Tango and says Tango gets some, and then it shows a picture below the fold of Cash and it says like Cash gets some. Like, I love that movie so much. Uh, you have to. It's, watch- a, it's <laughs> obvious from your contents of your refrigerator. You haven't been watching your figure. Probably been keeping your eyes too close on the evidence you used to set us up. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Uh, but you, Tango. You want? You think that there's a deleted scene where like Tango and Cash like went and they picked up a newspaper photographer and they're like, "We're gonna storm Jack Palance's <laughs> compound tonight. We want you to be there." Oh well, this is after the. This isn't a picture. Isn't taken during the. Oh, maybe it is taken right after this. They take it right after, yeah. Oh, that's like, right. The they blows don't, up or whatever. They don't get they, into. The, they don't get into how they clear their names. Yeah, they blow up all the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's the lethal weapon two uh, school of thought there. Yeah, where you're like, oh, these damn boers with all their money laundering, these Afrikaners. <laughs> Let's just blow the shit up. Yeah, all I, I the money. The called. central problem of the whole movie has been that they have uh, they have diplomatic what, immunity. immunity, and they and they're just like. <laughs> Let's just oh. shoot him and blow up all the money. Revo- is that the way he says revoked? <laughs> yeah, or, I think yeah. So. yeah. I have diplomatic immunity. The other thing is, diplomat- diplomatic immunity doesn't extend to major crimes. <laughs> That's what movies I'll never seem you. to get. It's like I'll have you, I'll have you see uh, exhibit A, uh, Lethal Weapon Two. <laughs> like, like you can get away with not getting parking tickets, but if you murder people or steal things, then you will be brought up on charges. Like. Uh, but getting back, if you have guys running around with Uzis through the streets of LA, <laughs> there's a in in the second Spider-Man Superman team up. Doctor Doom is the villain, and he's at the Latvian Embassy in America, and he's been trying to kill Superman for a long time. And Superman shows up, and Doctor Doom goes, "Uh, don't I have? Don't you follow the rules of this of your native of your adopted country? I have diplomatic immunity," and walks away. And <laughs> Superman's like, "Damn, he's got me!" Like, there's really no reason that Superman has to follow these rules. No. Just like in just like in Lethal Weapon, they get around them. Mm-hmm. But to get back to the end of uh, Twelve Rounds, sure. Are we talking about Twelve Rounds? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even remember what the actual end was because we watched the two alternate endings, which no, are was so a, tremendously The alternate different. endings literally had one line different in each one. But wasn't like the original ending just them being like, like there's this couple, uh, you like, know, like in a like, hot tub, hot tub on, the, on the roof, on the roof, and they're like, "What happened?" He's like, "Like, oh, fell out of a helicopter," and they walk out, and he's like, "Oh, no, he goes jumped out of a helicopter. Oh, he goes helicopter blew up. No big deal." Yeah, and although the way like, he says it, it sounds like he says Moby Dick. <laughs> it did sound exactly. Did he like say it. something like, uh, "like hold his girlfriend close and be like, next time I'm driving you to work." He does say that. Yeah, yeah. No, because, maybe I just said that. No, no, he does say it. that. He does and say then, that because she gets kidnapped when taking the ferry to work. Yeah. Oh. And then there's the line about about the house. Yeah. <laughs> about the dead plumber. <laughs> but about the, the house. There's a charred corpse in the it. The two alternate <laughs> endings. Um, one was there was a uh, there's a security guard on the roof, and he yeah. goes, "What happened?" There's money fluttering, and he goes, "What happened?" And the guy says, "We jumped out of a helicopter. No big deal." He goes, "Where's what? What about where did all this money come from?" And he goes, "Like congratulations, kid. You just won the lotto." Yeah, because that money's it's not going to be incredibly irresponsible to, uh, for a civil civil. <laughs> but that servant. guy runs the town; he can do what he yeah. wants. Mm-hmm. And the other alternate ending was the same hot tub couple. 
They go, what happened? And he goes, oh, he jumped out of a helicopter. Jumped out of a helicopter. No big deal. And the guy goes, of the hot tubers goes, we just got engaged. <laughs> and he and John Santa goes, word of advice, and turns to Molly, keep her close. Oh no, or don't let her go, or something yeah. like that. Don't let go over. <sighs> About the house. So so. Ow! Dun, 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 so this dun, hot tub dun, couple was like. Yeah, uh, enough about your boring fell out of helicopter story. By the way, we just got engaged. <laughs> like you, you jumped out of a helicopter. Great. Uh, uh, congratulations, and it's in order. We got engaged. Hello. John also speaking Cena. as speaking as someone who got engaged uh, about nine days ago. Ow! Thank you. Sorry, ladies. Uh, I'm taken for now uh, and nice. forever. But uh, this that's that is a pretty not classy way to pop the question in a hot tub. I hate to say. Wait, it. On so a roof. you didn't you didn't pop the question? Well, look, it's really romantic. Were you, were you wearing you're a chicken on a roof. suit? I was not wearing a chicken <laughs> no, no, suit. No, 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 Elliot. Imagine this: you're on a roof, you're in a hot tub, helicopters are exploding all around you. <laughs> that you're, is pretty you're, romantic. You're wearing some, you know, like some jams. Where does some, he keep like, the rig? Money is floating down from the sky. Maybe that they, is that augurs well for your romance, maybe, your life together. Maybe they got well. The, yeah, the Chinese would say that that's a good luck sign mm-hmm. for your future. Yeah. The, uh, the a I, treasure bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, history of the world part one would say that that's good luck for. Yeah. But the uh, maybe they got engaged or, or earlier. Uncle in, Scrooge. Maybe they got <laughs> maybe they got engaged earlier in the day. In which case, that's pretty. Come on, you give it a rest for a couple hours. Not everyone needs to know that you got engaged. Yeah, but I mean, if usually if you get engaged, your first choice is to go to a rooftop hot tub and then just party, right? Again, we didn't do that. That's you not, didn't do that? You guys, go you guys went to separate bedrooms and, and watched uh-huh. TV and we, 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 by uh, 10 we, we bundled. We, each, we were each wrapped in blankets t- so tight we couldn't get out. Uh-huh. Then we shared the bed together to see what that was like but still remained chaste. Sure, of course. It's very common in our religion. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's what happens when you get engaged at Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> So, oh, that would have been such a good idea. I should have done no. that. Like we walk into the blacksmith shop and he's banging something on the anvil and it's like, oh, what's that you got there? Ah, <laughs> oh, something for a lucky bride, Danielle. <laughs> and then he hands it to her and I'm, and she turns and I'm on my knee and they go like, prithee, yon maiden. And then she marries the blacksmith. That's the thing. It's the one flaw in my plan. Yeah. Sounds like somebody on Brom Bones did that. She marries Brom Bones. <laughs> no, damn Brom Bones, you, Ichabod. Sca- scaring me away in his headless horseman costume. So, <laughs> I think we should uh, render our final judgments on this movie because we've been talking for a while, little while. Final judgments? Yeah, final judgments. What are the categories, Daniel? They are not Daniel. Daniel, I'm talking to you, Daniel San. Yeah. yeah, this is not my fiance Danielle. This is Dan McCoy, host of the Flop House. Mm-hmm. Famous host of the Flop House. Host of the Flop House. Famous host of the Flop House. <laughs> Infamous host of the Flop House. Let's compromise. Okay. The categories are is this a good bad movie? A bad bad movie? Or a movie that you actually sort of liked? So, Stuart, I'm going to go to you. I'm going to go good bad movie. Um, mm-hmm. It did totally feel like somebody had just watched a bunch of other action movies and they're like, we can do this. This is easy. And then they decide to pick a like a WWE star <laughs> to be in the lead, and, and then from they there didn't, they just, didn't pick it wrote, Kane. Yeah, it just wrote itself. <laughs> the Undertaker couldn't do this part. Like, what's what's the problem? Yep, Macho Man Randy Savage is a little long in the tooth. Hollywood Hulk Hogan was not available, but um, so well, I guess yeah. he's back to being Hulk Hogan now. He's not Hollywood Hogan anymore. Oh uh, yeah, I, I think he just goes by Terry now. <laughs> Terry, Terry Hogan. <laughs> So, 
Terry. I'm going to say, Terry. I'm going to say, you know, I think it's a good bad movie. It's not, I didn't actually like it that much, but it was fun to watch. I'm going to go, I feel like it's somewhere between a, a good bad movie and a movie I actually sort of enjoyed because it's, it's a dumb action movie. It's, it's, it's really dumb. Really? Wait. It is dumb as a brick. But. Stupid as a bag of hammers. But it's dumb largely in an entertaining way, and it is bad. I don't want I don't want you to misunderstand me. It's a bad movie, but it's not bad in like a way where I'm like, this is hilariously inept. It's just bad in that it is again dumb, rock stupid. So, so but but I enjoyed it, and I think I think it has a good intersection of uh, being trashy and uh, not having a brain in its head. So I'm 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 gonna go somewhere in between, uh, good bad and a movie that I actually enjoyed. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on that day. Like I I did enjoy the fact that uh, it never stopped moving pretty much mm-hmm. except for a few moments when John Santa would literally stand there and look at things <laughs> and you just <laughs> and grimace like flashes right. There's lots of flashes in slow motion as he just stared at people who couldn't possibly be involved in anything. Yeah, and he would he, he would remember flashbacks of his girlfriend and it would just be shots of his girlfriend holding their dog it wouldn't be like them doing something together and being like oh i remember when we did that together i love her so much just like oh that's my girlfriend (laughs) my favorite thing was when he found pictures of his girlfriend tied up in the hotel room and then he had flashes of what it probably looked like to have her lying there all tied up. Yeah, he just imagined it. He couldn't remember. Be yeah, there's no way he could remember that because <laughs> he wasn't there. He, yeah, he's not like a spirit walker or something. <laughs> if only. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it like with the movie for the most part never stopped moving, and it was so it was endearingly stupid for the most part. Like it did not ask you to believe that John Santa was very bright, just that he could think his way through very simple. Puzzles that didn't really make sense. A lot of the times, he was in these cat and mouse games where the rules were stacked and there didn't follow any logic, and they didn't even try to make them into like puzzles. Really, it was more like get to this place on time and then fucking do stuff. I don't care, whatever, man, just do shit. <laughs> and uh, everyone like played their parts to the tilt. They were all yelling at each other all the time. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's just stupid, fun stuff, but. Like, so stupid, just stupid. But yeah, I, I can't. I have rock, to say, I rock have, stupid. Rock stupid. I have a lot of affection for any kind of an action movie where your master criminal, um, the entire movie, the the hero like is repeatedly put in situations where you're like, oh no, if he fucks this up just a little bit, he's gonna get exploded. And then at the end, you find out that like every little nuance of this entire story, the like the master criminal has planned out. Yeah. And then at the very end, he's like, you know what? I'm going to stake my entire getaway plan on this hostage to fly me away. Like, at yeah. this point, she has nothing to lose. We're in a helicopter. I can't threaten her with a fucking gun. Because she can just say, oh, you shoot me, now we'll fucking crash and you're dead, dumbass. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe actually we didn't even address this. Is that, yes, the whole thing turned out to be uh, Miles Johnson or whatever, like, trying... Miles Jackson. Jack Travis. <laughs> Mark Trail. <laughs> Jack Markson. <laughs> Jack Johnson. His his scheme like Joe as Johnson. we said was like really just a distraction for his like money making scheme. And so John Sano, <laughs> thousands of tiny ads in newspapers all across the country. John Sano was Leaflets. a pawn this whole time. So all the times where like he put John Sana in physical danger 
early in the film don't make any sense because like if the if John Say didn't turn out to be this super cop, he would have died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also and the plan would have been foiled by his death. <laughs> yeah. And also this master criminal apparently like even though he just escaped from prison, had time to run around town and set up all these elaborate this, uh, like, snipe hunts. Yeah, yeah. Oh God. And what's gr- and what's great about well, and what I would have liked to have seen is this moment of realization in our hero's face. Like you know what? There, you were not going to see any emotions in the hero's face. <laughs> you were going to see gritted teeth or dumbstruck idiot. I would have liked to see this moment of realization where he's uh, where he's like, you know what? This guy he's a criminal, but he had this all planned out. Like at no point was I genuinely in any real danger, or my or my girlfriend, and then he, you know, instead of beating the guy to death or whatever, well, he took him to dinner. And yeah, I- like <laughs> he, you know, well, he, he he put put him in cuffs or something, and then took uh, him to took him to jail. Yeah, had a little respect. Yeah, instead of you know just killing the criminal and scattering all the evidence of his <laughs> again, like he's killed him, and all this this money was being taken out of circulation anyway, so it's not like it was going anywhere it needed to go, but like. This, yeah, all the money he stole was just fluttering down to the streets of New Orleans. The helicopter has exploded, and it's not like it was vaporized. There's big fucking chunks of helicopter falling on the streets of New Orleans, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, it's all over, baby." Like, <laughs> yeah, I hope he at least his partner is dead. I hope he at least has to fill out some paperwork. There was this. a shot of like a gurney falling out of the helicopter, and I wanted an, an insert <laughs> right, of I like forgot. that gurney hitting someone on the on the street below, like. Oh my God! The horror, the the destruction caused and by John Sanders. He's wrecked no less than forty cars <laughs> in the course of the film, and motorcycles. Uh, that once you hit that point, you don't have to do paperwork anymore. <laughs> yeah, they fire you. Yeah, it's police procedure. <laughs> Anytime it's police procedure, if you're a detective and a master criminal is trying has captured your girlfriend. You do not have to contact anybody. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. This whole thing is caused because a year ago, when he first stopped and caught Mick Jargson, he, like, <laughs> instead of calling for backup... The, the and famous sp- Swedish <laughs> master criminal. Marg Jolglin. Instead of calling for backup and telling them, I think I found this guy, he just starts shooting at the car and then running after it on foot. Like, uh. And he says at one point like to his partner, he's like, if I'd call for backup, maybe none of this would have happened. Ma- like, maybe this girl wouldn't have died. Maybe that girl wouldn't have died. I was like, yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> Most likely she wouldn't have died. John Sand is now two for two for dumb action movies. This is the Marine. Yeah, that, I mean, that's pretty good, though. Like, that's that's a pretty good record. Yeah. <laughs> that, that Steven Sagal. I don't know if he could say the same thing. <laughs> Steven, Steven Squagle. Mm-hmm. It's a square bagel. So... <laughs> So, uh, we don't have any mail this week. Boo! Whose fault is that, Dan? Yeah. Um, the listeners. Better okay. check your email. I'll accept that answer. It sounded like you were going to accuse me for a second there. Well, you could have written it's my, some it's fake my, letters. It's my mom's fault for not, uh, not sending us any emails <laughs> Wait this week. a minute. So it's gonna, all, all those letters about what a sexy voice you have. I know. I'm going to take this time to, you know, do a little um, house cleaning, a little business. Uh, if you want to write us... You can do that at the Flophouse Podcast at gmail.com. You do want to write us. What's that email address again? The Flophouse Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. The Flophouse Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. No, Don't no, don't spell out all one word because that's not part of it. Oh, do you spell it differently in the email address? Ah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and also, you can go to us on the web at the flophousepodcast.blogspot.com. And you know, there's other stuff on the uh, we, website. We want one of we want a wheel D, right? 
What? We want a wieldy for most unwieldy URL and email address. <laughs> Coveted wieldy. So yeah, and we want we want what? Emails, we want email pictures. Pictures, uh-huh. um, videos. Cakes with files baked in them. Yeah, so in case we want to escape from Dan's apartment. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, do we? I and mean, we should start a contest at some point. I think. Oh yes, uh, Ellie, you wanted to restart the flop with the floppers. Yeah, uh, because contest. the winner of the flop with the floppers contest moved out of town uh-huh. and didn't get to collect her prize, a night with Stuart Wellington, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of us watching a movie. Uh, but okay. so if you know, we should restart that contest. Well, the contest was always sort of vague, so maybe we should. It was pretty much just do something uh-huh. with that was flophouse. Do related, something yeah. that we think is cool that's flophouse related. We'll try help help get our listenership. Yeah, get us. out the word. Get us. out the word. Get out about the word. The... Uh, send us evidence of you doing this. Yeah, and uh, maybe you can win a you expenses paid <laughs> trip to uh, watch a movie with we'll us. We'll provide some of the expenses. I will provide the Popeyes brand fried chicken. Mm-hmm. I'll buy some beer. I'll probably be wearing a small swimsuit the whole time. As he is right now. As he is now. He's wearing a tiny swimsuit. Yet This is the second podcast (laughs) we have recorded where Stuart has taken his pants off to reveal a alarmingly small swimsuit. Not just to reveal, to remain in. (laughs) And watch the entire movie in and then do the entire podcast recording in. But, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, guys. I am wearing... Uh, socks and shoes at the same time. <laughs> All right, so there's that. Um, Elliot, <laughs> there's something very Tom of Finland about it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. By the time that um, this podcast goes out, they will not be able to see the Devil and Daniel Webster. No, uh, that, uh, that will, will have that, because that's on this Wednesday the fifteenth. But you will be doing more ninety-two Y uh, screenings starting in September. Starting correct? in September, I'm gonna have. In September, we'll be showing Love Me Tonight, which is a great movie. It's one of the silliest movies in the world. Uh, 30s musical that's really silly, but a lot of fun. And in October, we're supposed to be showing The Old Dark House. I okay. think we have the I think we have the print order for that, which is uh, a, which is a very crazy old movie. It's the movie James Whale made between Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, and it is about a bunch of nuts living in an old dark house, and they are spooky. Well, that sounds good. And... Um... There will be one more uh, Mr. White Pants sketch show uh, after this podcast goes out uh, on July 24th, I believe. That's a Friday, Friday the 24th at the Magnet Theater. Uh, And I'll put a link up on the the site. A Flophouse fan came out to the last show and uh, said hi. Flophouse uh, fans are very friendly. I I was a guest on uh, Comic Book Club. At uh, the pit, and there was a Flophouse fan. I audience. believe, I believe this friendly. is the same gentleman. It might be. He's a very nice guy. That's awesome. So uh, I want to plug something. Yeah. Okay. I have. Wait. No. I'm not. Yep. I'm not plugging like a weird question this time. <laughs> or, or, or the fact that you bought blue jeans. <laughs> or, or, or my new blue jeans. Uh, what I want to plug is uh, one of uh, a longtime Flophouse fan, a movie aficionado. Okay. And a rock and roller, a friend of mine, Alex Alexander Smith, Alexander mm-hmm. Delicious Smith. Uh, he's been working on a record. Yeah. And uh, you should go check it out on MySpace. If you like music, mm-hmm. check it out. Uh, his his little band's called Lydia Burrell. Uh, L-Y-D-I-A. Burrell is B-U-R-R-E-L-L. Check it out. Awesome stuff. He's a uh, very funny gentleman as well. Mm-hmm. He wrote, uh, if you look up, uh, I believe his website is Sounds Delicious. Mm-hmm. He wrote a very funny review of the movie Wanted, which I enjoyed a lot. 
Yeah, the review. At least something movie. good came out of the movie wanted. All right, so now that we've done our round of uh, plugs, I think I we're going to move on to plugs. less boring things, uh, which should be, I think, recommending some movies, Quick proving that we're not miserable bastards. We got to get out of here. Sure. Okay. Um, I'll go first. I'm going to recommend a movie directed by Rennie Harland called <laughs> Harland. Harland. <laughs> Like Harland Wilson? Yeah. Popular or, or Harland Ellison. Yeah. Harland Ellison. Yeah, it's not even his name. Uh, it's a little movie directed by Rennie Harland. Um, Again. It's called it's called Mind Hunters. Uh, okay. I'd probably recommend this before. You mentioned it earlier in the in the podcast. The thing that's great about Unless this movie is out. well, this is a this is a movie that was uh, you know, it was advertised and then it was pushed back and it was advertised and pushed back and eventually it had a direct to video release it's about a group of fbi uh like trainees Mm -hmm. who are being trained to hunt down serial killers so they have to get into the mind of a killer and uh they get put on this weird island and it surprise surprise one of their number turns out to be a serial killer now this uh this has val kilmer val kilmer Uh, is great in it Christian uh, Slater is Lowell yeah. Kulch the, in it. Isn't the yes the aforementioned uh, ladies love Cool James? Yeah, is in Lowell it? Kulch. Absolutely, Johnny Lee Miller. Wow, yep. is he Plunkett or McClane? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think he's both of them in this movie. That's what he plays in every movie, apparently. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's, back uh, when you can make a you can make a movie about punk highway ro- highway men. <laughs> if, if you want to see a, a a a bad movie that is totally fun. And it's about serial killer hunting students. It's awesome. Good movie. Okay. And at one point, Kristen Slater gets his body frozen and dies. And then wow. he gets shattered. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's okay. Um, I'm going to recommend the movie. Um, I actually picked this up on DVD uh, cheap recently. The movie Something Wild. Uh, it's a Jonathan Demme movie. Along with Stop Making Sense. Probably my favorite Jonathan Demme uh, two movies. Um, you know, like before he made Science of the Lambs, he made these like great oddball comedies, mm-hmm. and uh, that movie, you know, ha- ha- it's one of the like really good, um, like gear shift, like shift in tone movies. Like it starts out as sort like of audition. A, yeah, I mean, it starts out as sort of like a screwball comedy, and then it gets really sort of like. Uh, tense. It's like a tense thriller as soon as Ray Liotta shows up. And uh Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's a beautiful you know, it's a beautifully shot movie. It's um got a lot of great music in it. And at one point they go to like this uh reunion and the Feelies are the band that's uh playing the reunion live. And uh it's just it's just really it's just really fun. That's what I recommend. I'm gonna recommend not a movie, but a book about a what? movie. Oh, Hello, man. outside of the box, like Sarah Palin. Uh, you may it sounds crazy, but it's just because I'm. Is that a euphemism? Uh, no, it's not a euphemism. Okay. Uh, I recently read the book "The Devil's Candy" uh, by Julie Salomon, I believe her name is, and it's a book like, about. Is it about, is it about like is it saltwater taffy? Is that the it Devil's is not, Candy? It is not. That is the Devil's Candy. It tastes terrible. Uh, I, oh, I guess uh, candy corn would be the Devil's Candy then. Uh, Devil's Candy is a book about the making of the film version of Bonfire of the Vanities. Famously, not a very good movie. Mm-hmm. Huge flop when it came out. Uh, and it is a really good, very thorough look at the making of this film in which a ton of very talented people working as hard as they can. You're talking it. about Melanie Griffith. Mel- just Melanie Griffith. But like, 
But a lot of like it, it's uh, a ton of very talented people working as hard as they can made a really shitty film that it's not the worst movie in the world, but it's pretty bad. And she goes, she talks about so many things on a movie set that you don't usually read about. She like she talks about the experience that Bruce Willis's body double, who stands in for him during lighting tests, what he goes through, uh, things like that. What all the location guys were going through. Literally every facet of making a, a movie that big at the time it cost you know about forty some odd million dollars, which was huge. This was like nineteen ninety, and uh, it's just really good. And you know in the back of your mind that this movie is going to be shit. So every time they're like, it's a lot of work, but it's all going to be up on film. This is going to be a great movie. And you're like, oh, you poor deluded people. This is Mm. terrible. And you see them every step of the way working as hard as they can and making the kind of compromises that will not help the film at all, but will hurt it. And it's a really good book. By the way, I don't know why I singled out and made fun of Melanie Griffith seeing as I just recommended something wild. One of the movies that made her. (laughs) Co-stars Melanie Griffith. I'm sorry, Melanie Griffith. You've you've done good work. Yeah, Flophouse, diehard Flophouse listener Melanie Griffith is not going to be happy. <laughs> You're going to get an angry letter from Antonio Banderas, yeah. sir. As uh, well as Banderas. Co- <laughs> well, <laughs> Antonio Banderas. He's, he's yeah. got so much testosterone. That's what we call as him. As well right as here. a signed copy of his directorial he's, debut, Crazy in Alabama, <laughs> starring his wife Melanie Griffith. He's going to come by. He's going to beat me up, and yet I'm going to be I'm going to feel strangely grateful for to him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because he's such a man. A man whose greatest success lately has been voicing a cartoon cat. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, guys, Flophouse, eh? It's a podcast that we do. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You've done how many of these? 40 now? (laughs) I still can't find any way to gracefully end them. (laughs) Nope. Impossible. (laughs) So, we're done, right? Yeah. Okay. Say say your name. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Dan McCoy. I will always be Elliot Kalen. Good night, everyone. Bye. Take your... Put put your pants back on. Oh, fuck that. (laughs) That's where I said... Emmanuel in space. (laughs) Because you're actually talking. Emmanuel versus the vampires. Emmanuel in Rio. That's a terrible movie, Emmanuel versus the vampires. Not sexy even at all. I have never even seen it. Oh, well. Or I think it's Emmanuel versus Dracula is what it's called, Mm. I think. I kind of want to see Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein Girl. But I don't know that one. It's a Japanese movie. Ah, uh, I should have known. It's by the guy who made Robo Geisha.